It's going to be the Tyson Bagent show in Chicago for at least the immediate future. It's easy to get excited about what Bagent can do based on what we saw in the preseason, but we should make sure that we're setting our expectations appropriately for an undrafted rookie free agent making his first career start. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Bears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On the show today, we set the stage for Tyson Bagent. By all accounts, expected to start at least this week for sure in place of Justin Fields, if not a couple of weeks or more as Justin Fields recovers from a dislocated thumb injury. So we'll look at some of the excitement, the entertainment, the positive hope for what Tyson Bagent can do stepping into this starting quarterback role, but we'll also make sure we're setting our expectations appropriately, where there should be some good, where there could be some bad and everything in between. We'll kind of compare that to other quarterbacks in similar positions as Tyson Bagent as well to just kind of get a sense of, okay, what's the baseline here and where might we avoid either getting our hopes too high or setting our bar too low and be even more excited about a guy that we should have expected even a little bit better from. It's easy to feel like, though, Bajent is a guy to get behind, right? We saw in the preseason how well he came in and operated this offense, earned his way onto this team and eventually into this number two quarterback role, you know, unseating Nathan Peterman and really operating this offense at a fairly high level. Certainly, it felt like in the preseason, he was moving the ball better in this offense than either Peterman or Fields at the time, albeit in the preseason, he's going up against largely third string and backup players. And it's the preseason. They're not game planning against him and all the, I mean, there's plenty of caveats you can put on any quarterback having preseason success and having that translate directly to the regular season. But at the same time, we've seen many uh, undrafted rookie free agent quarterback, or even, you know, late round pick drafted quarterback come into teams and not play that well in the preseason. So he does deserve credit for what he's been able to do there. And of course he comes in with, an impressive resume for an undrafted free agent player. I mean, we we hear about it. We're going to hear about it all throughout the broadcast on on Sunday, where you know he, he Division Two Shepherd and set all of their passing records there, and set like Division Two records, and has an enormous number of college passing yards and passing touchdowns. Like he was as experienced as they come and as productive as they come coming out of college, and that's the sort of thing that can start to speed up some of your transition into the NFL, obviously with a significant difference in the level of competition, but in terms of experience, right? And having gone through the the gamut of scenarios that a quarterback is going to face in a live football situation. Sure, it's not the same when it's not NFL defenses running, maybe not quite as complex of NFL coverages or NFL blitzes per se, but you know, he's been 
down X number of points on the scoreboard with this many minutes left, right? He's He's been in situations with injured receivers or injured linemen or injured running backs. Like a lot of the different scenarios that he could find himself in the NFL, he's been in a version of that before in college so that he's not coming into here being like, oh man, what, is, what do I do when it's when, the, when there's two minutes left and we have one timeout and, you know, we need to get down the field. How, you know, how do I, how do I operate a huddle at that speed? How do I get plays in at the line of scrimmage? How do I know when to call timeouts? You know, he's just done a lot of the things before that a less experienced quarterback might not have. I mean, the sort of the polar opposite there would be like a Trey Lance, for example, with the 49ers. But I mean, obviously there's a lot of different reasons why those guys are different, but you can sort of see the opposite where when a quarterback has only played like a handful of college games or even like a Mitch Trubisky only having one year of starting experience in college, then coming into the NFL, like sure you see a lot in one year as a starter. And it's not that those guys, had, you know, were totally brand new to the position, but there's a little bit something to be said about Bajit having really seen it all and, and had a lot of things thrown at him and been able to work through that at the college level and come to the NFL and not be as intimidated by it and not have as much new to address and catch up on in addition to everything that is actually new in terms of a new offense, new playbook, new play speed, new level of, of competition. I mean, he has to get up to speed with all the things that all rookies do, but compared to other quarterbacks that have less experience, he can feel a little bit more comfortable having been through these types of situations before, you know, facing not Chicago media, but facing the media as a starting quarterback, right? Facing the pressure of what that is to lead a team and to lead an organization and stuff like that. Like there's, there's something to be said there about Bajan's experience, setting him up for not only the preseason success that he had, but also some level of potential regular season success as a quarterback. We can see where his 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 positive traits as a QB, his quick release, his quick anticipation, his ability to get through progression, and honestly, his above average pocket presence all bode well for plugging into this Luke Getze offense that seems to be a little bit more tailored toward that style of quarterback than Justin Fields, which is, again, a criticism of, of Luke Getze that's sort of separate from the conversation here. But right there's a path where, okay, if you're on a team with a shaky offensive line with a pretty good running game and some quality receivers, if you have a quarterback who can get rid of the ball quickly to mitigate some of the offensive line issues and can then quickly and accurately get the ball to receivers like DJ Moore that are making plays after the catch at a very high level and also able to rely on a running game, like you can see where the formula is there for someone like Tyson Bajant to fit well and maybe have some varying level of success. Now, along with that, you have a rookie, an undrafted rookie, who's still trying to learn opposing defenses and NFL coverages and, and prepping for NFL quality defenses. And you see him get strip sacked for a touchdown and you see him throw a very bad interception late in that game. And you sort of end up seeing then both sides of the coin. And I think that's why it's important to make sure we're setting expectations properly here because there's all these reasons you can be really excited about, about Bajent and why you know he could take this team in some slightly different directions than Fields could. But there's also reasons why it could be rough and that we shouldn't expect him to be perfect at, or, or even great in any capacity and make sure that we're, we're going appropriately in with, with our expectations. We'll look at some of the downsides here, but also sort of what, what's fair then in between, especially when you start to look at other quarterbacks that have been in similar situations. Next on Locked on Bears. The Locked on Bears podcast is brought to you by our partners at eBay Motors, and they're teaming up with Locked on Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy football picks every single week, 
all season long. Whether you're doing daily fantasy or you're scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Vinny has picked out for this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. Drake London is starting to show why the Atlanta Falcons drafted him first among the many talented wide receivers in the 2022 draft and why he was a hot sleeper in 2023 fantasy drafts. London has found his groove in the offense with Desmond Ritter in the past two weeks. He's caught 15 out of his 21 targets for 203 yards, and he draws another good spot in week seven going against the Buccaneers that have struggled to contain a lot of teams' number one wide receivers. London is guaranteed to keep bringing the pleasing production with great matchups ahead against the Titans, the Vikings, and the Cardinals before they hit a bye week in week 11. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows that a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. The same thing is true for your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your car, you can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly. We're talking brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your vehicle needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. It's peace of mind at great prices to make sure that you're getting the best quality for your vehicle at the best price. Keep your ride or die running smoothly at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. There's plenty of reason to be excited about Tyson Bagent and optimistic that he can come in and operate this Bears offense at a decent level. But we can't get too carried away with expecting him to unlock something brand new and open this offense up and look like the future starter of your Chicago Bears. The answer at the quarterback position, you know, the next pick your undrafted quarterback, Kurt Warner, the next Warren Moon, the next I don't know, Jake DeLome. Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other all-time under Jeff Garcia. You know, I mean, we got to make sure that we're not putting too much pressure on the kid here. I mean, like, let's let's keep in mind that his competition for the backup quarterback job was Nathan Peterman. Like, we're not talking about a high-end backup quarterback battle in there. I mean, you know, he he beat out Peterman. And he deserves credit for that, but it's not like he beat out I don't know someone good. <laughs> so that's, that's, I mean, I guess they beat up PJ Walker. They both beat up PJ Walker, but we saw Walker go to the Browns and somehow win against the 49ers, but not play well. So, I mean, there's, there's certain elements of that, but I just think with Tyson Bajan, like there's a certain ceiling right now that we see with him. And certainly like, it's not a firm ceiling, but like at this stage of his career, like we've seen through the preseason and through the, the, the play that he had in the, in the second half against the Minnesota Vikings, right? He's not a, he's not like a dynamic downfield passer, right? That's where Justin Fields thrives, of course. But like Bajan is um, take what the defense gives you, quick anticipation underneath thrower, a little bit more dink and dunk, not exclusively dink and dunk. We saw in the preseason, he could hit intermediate throws and some slightly deeper stuff, but he does not have a cannon arm. You know, a lot of the passes that we saw against the Vikings came out a little bit light, hung in the air a little while, left a couple of receivers out to dry to the point where DJ Moore got hurt and came back, but took a couple of big hits on some of those throws. Like it feels like there is somewhat of a ceiling there where you're not going to see Tyson Bagent come in and, and create explosive plays, you know, purely with his arm. Certainly you could see like a, a good 
accurate crossing route that's maybe 15 yards in the air. And then DJ Moore takes it another 30 and you make explosive plays that way. But like the source of explosive plays in the Tyson Bajant offense is more about playmakers creating the explosive plays for the quarterback and not the quarterback creating the explosive plays for the playmakers in terms of you know, hitting them deep downfield with air yards, right? This is going to be more after the catch than before the catch. And so like, it does feel like there's a limit to the ceiling there somewhere. And the bigger question for me is exactly where the floor is, because he is a guy who we've seen again, be decisive, good anticipation, quick passing, get rid of the ball quickly and have good pocket presence. But you see, occasionally we saw bad pocket presence on the strip sack, not, you know, bad ball security need to get rid of the ball, you know, mistakes on that. And you see mistakes on forcing a deep shot. I mean, if you see the all 22 of the throw to DJ Moore that was picked off, like DJ Moore was well covered, right? It wasn't like he was open and he just under threw it. It was like he, it was, it was one-on-one coverage, but he was not open when Tyson Bajant threw that ball and he never was open on the play. And it's like, why? I mean, first of all, it was a bad throw, bad attempt in terms of the physical, like where he placed the ball. He said he just underthrew it and oops, my bad. But it was also a, like, a bad idea to even throw the ball there in the first place. Like you're not throwing a 50-50 jump ball to six foot tall DJ Moore. Like, I mean, it's just not necessarily his, like he can, he can catch some of those, but it's not, it's not ideal, right? That's not what you coach him up to do and design for exactly. So it's just, you know, things like that, where you're getting some of those kind of, I don't know, it's hard to say, is it rookie mistake or is it poor decision-making? You know, I I think it becomes rookie mistake if it happens once and then never repeat it. And it becomes poor decision-making if he makes a habit out of it. And we haven't seen enough Tyson Bajan to really know either way what that's going to look like. Like, I think there's a certain ceiling of like quicker passing game should alleviate some of the, there's a certain floor. There's a certain floor of quicker passing game, getting rid of the ball quickly, the offense moving in some ways. But once teams start to key in on that a little bit and step up to stop it and maybe force you to throw it deep, you know, the press coverage, load up the box a bit more and try and take away some of the quick stuff in the running game, can you open up the offense vertically? You know, can you challenge teams in enough ways that they can't just key in on the things that work really well for Tyson Bajan? Like, I, I think for Bajan coming in as a, a first-time starter, there is an element of surprise here where opposing defenses can't, they just don't have enough tape on Bajan to really perfectly formulate a game plan on exactly what his strengths and weaknesses are to stop him right away. I mean, certainly they're going to try and confuse him as you would with any rookie, but like the specifics for Bajan, he can he can pull out things that teams haven't seen him do yet. Like There's more up Bajan's sleeve than teams have done, and you, sometimes you can see that for even a game or two before teams start to catch up. And maybe, you know, if Justin Fields doesn't end up on injured reserve, then that means they expect him back within four weeks. And maybe, you know, teams might never catch up to Bajant before Fields ends up being back in there and you can get by. But, you know, at the same time, we do see teams often stay ahead of the curve pretty well against rookie quarterbacks, especially late round pick and undrafted quarterbacks that are kind of thrown in there when it's not plan A but really it's plan B or plan C, much like the situation that Bajant finds himself in right now. And so I want to use that to kind of compare, okay, what has happened with other quarterbacks in the last season or two that have been kind of thrown into the fire for their team as a late round or undrafted guy that 
team wasn't planning on putting in there, but the starter gets hurt or for whatever circumstances, they have to put that quarterback in there maybe earlier than they would have liked, but they trusted him enough to put him in there. But the results are not always great. And that maybe should set the, set sort of the bounds, the bounds of what we might want to expect from Tyson Bajent. We'll look at some other recent examples from around the NFL to set the tone for Bajent next on Locked on Bears. This episode is brought to you by our friends at BetterHelp. BetterHelp is here to help you get connected with a therapist to work on your mental health. If you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way or holding you back, sometimes it can be time to talk to somebody about it. Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. And BetterHelp is a great way to get started because it's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and then you get matched with a licensed therapist. You know, if that therapist isn't quite the right one for you, you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Online mental health therapy is a really big part of my mental health regimen. I always like to say, just like I go to the gym to take care of my body, I go to therapy to take care of my brain. Not because my body is broken. That's not why you go to the gym. You go to the gym to keep your body healthy. And I go to therapy, not because my brain is broken, because I need to keep my brain and my mental health as healthy as possible. And BetterHelp is here to help you get started. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on for 10% off your first month. It helps that we saw the good and the bad from Bajent in his first career regular season action against the Vikings, I think to start to calibrate our expectations a little bit more, although it still feels like some of the hype coming out of week one is overlooking the strip sack and the interception or not counting them as negative as they both were. Like, sure, the strip sack's not 100% Bajent's fault, but you got to hold on to that ball. Like, it wasn't like he was winding up for a throw and there wasn't anything he could do about it. Like, he was just hitting the pocket and wasn't giving good ball security there. Like, he shouldn't have been hit in the first place. The line should have played better. But, like, he also could have gotten rid of the ball there or thrown it away or just held the ball better. Like, he deserves some blame for this for the fumble and all the blame for the interception. And that's that's not great. And that tracks with what we see other young quarterbacks do in similar situations. Like, I was looking around to other guys in similar spots, and I think you kind of go in with certainly low expectations. Like earlier this season, the Cleveland Browns had to turn to Dorian Thompson Robinson in their game against the Ravens at the beginning of uh, October. Dorian Thompson Robinson, for those not familiar, a fifth round rookie this year out of UCLA and a guy who played really, really well in the preseason. Browns fans fell in love with Dorian Thompson Robinson. It was to the point where they were talking about Browns fans we're wondering, should they bench Deshaun Watson and just start Dorian Thompson-Robinson? Like He was their fifth-round Tyson Bajan. I know Bears fans, most for the most part, didn't get that far on Bajan, but some did. There were, there, were, there were the fringes out there that said, start, start Tyson Bajan. But certainly once Fields started struggling, everybody wanted to go to Bajan. Not everybody, but some people wanted to go to Bajan. And we saw the same thing with Dorian Thompson-Robinson in Cleveland. When Watson was struggling, oh, we should go to DTR. He played so well in the preseason. He comes in against the Ravens and goes... 19 for 36 passing, so that's 52.8%, not great completion percentage, 121 yards, which is 3.4 yards per attempt, 
not good yards per attempt, zero touchdowns, three interceptions. It turns out it's really hard for a rookie fifth round pick to come into a game, take over as a starter in his first career start against the Baltimore Ravens and perform well, even on a team that has a really good defense in Cleveland that has a pretty strong running game, although they've had some injuries in in the backfield, but they got Hunt in there by that point. And of course, pretty good weapons in guys like Amari Cooper and Donovan Peoples-Jones and David Njoku. Like it was a relatively speaking, not bad situation for a rookie fifth round pick to go into. There never was a good spot for a rookie to go into, although the 49ers and Brock Purdy might be the exception there. But it wasn't like he was thrown in there with a bad offensive line and a bad defense the way that Tyson Bajant kind of gets thrown in there. But like, it kind of goes to show like, yeah, other team that was really excited about their guy in the preseason. It's a lot of different ball game when you're starting against a real team and trying to play a whole game against a real team. So not to say that Bajant and Dorian Thompson Robinson are going to have the exact same experience, but like that's kind of where expectations might look. Or I think back to last year, was it or is it two years ago now? Yeah, it was two years ago. It was 2020. Ben DiNucci of the Dallas Cowboys, seventh round rookie, has to start for Dak Prescott in week, what is that, week eight against the Philadelphia Eagles. Not as bad as Dorian Thompson Robinson, but like 21 of 40, 180 yards, zero touchdowns, zero picks, 64.6 passer rating. Like he was, he was fine. He didn't turn the ball over. But he wasn't lighting it up either. Like he he just kind of got the offense rolling along when they again, good running game, good offensive line, good receivers, decent defense on that Cowboys team. And, you know, it's never it's never great for a, a guy to have to go in there and all of a sudden take over that kind of role. Or I think of, you know, Skylar Thompson for the Miami Dolphins last year, replacing Tua Tungavailoa and replacing, I think, was Mike White their other backup or is he their backup this year? Regardless, I think he was their third string option for the Dolphins. Started their last game against the Jets and then had to start in the playoffs against the Bills. And, you know, in the playoff game against the Bills, 18 of 45 for 220 yards, a touchdown and two interceptions. Passer rating of 44.7. Or Sam Ellinger of the Indianapolis Colts started some games last year as a rookie six-round pick in in that absolute mess of a Colts team. In his first game, 17 to 23 for 200 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Second game, you know, 15 to 29 for 103 yards and a pick. Like we're not seeing, especially rookie quarterbacks drafted late, go in for their team and perform at a super high level. You know, that's that's kind of what it comes down to at the end of the day. Like that's where we should set some expectations for for Tyson Bajan. Like even even Brock Purdy, like we we hold up as the golden example because, of course, he came in for the 49ers and hadn't lost a game until just this last weekend as a starting quarterback. But even you know, even in his first couple of games, like he wasn't turning the ball over a ton. But like you look at like even the the PFF measurements of big time throws and and turnover worthy throws, like he had more turnover worthy throws than big time throws. But he ended up having pretty good completion percentage yards and touchdowns because they had great receivers, great offensive line, great running backs, uh, great defense, right? So like in the perfect situation with a great coach, which is also a big part of this, sure, a, a seventh round Mister Irrelevant like Brock Purdy can come in and have success. But it's just a reminder that Brock Purdy is absolutely the outlier and the extreme. And most of the other quarterbacks come in and struggle. That's just the way this goes. And so we should expect Tyson Bajan to maybe have a strip sack for a touchdown and maybe throw a bad interception. In addition to also having some nice drives and finishing them off with a touchdown. Like I think we can see, we can expect Tyson Bajan to do some good and to do some bad. And that's going to be part of the Tyson Bajan experience. He's an undrafted rookie free agent quarterbacks. Most undrafted rookies and undrafted quarterbacks in general, not even in their rookie year, don't really go on to do much of anything. 
even the undrafted quarterbacks that have been really successful, like the Kurt Warners, the Warren Moons, the Tony Romos, like none of those guys did it in their rookie season. Kurt Warner went to the Arena League and NFL Europe for a little while. Warren Moon, of course, went to the Canadian Football League before the NFL. And Tony Romo spent like two or three seasons as a backup in Dallas before he was thrown in there. So he, like these guys usually get some real, you know, more experience playing higher levels of football than just what they did in college if they're going to be really successful as undrafted free agents. And rarely do they just get thrown in the fire as a UDFA and thrive. And so we shouldn't expect Tyson Bajant to do the same thing. I mean, any kind of wins you can get with Bajant as your quarterback are kind of gravy at this point. Like even Bajant was asked after the game, like, how much did you practice? You know, because Justin Fields gets all the starter reps. So how many reps do you really get? He's like, well, I get in there when Justin needs a break. Or, if, you know, if they're trying to get something communicated in between plays or they need to go over something quick, that's when I run in and I'll get a play or two here. Otherwise, it's all scout team. So, like, Bajan hasn't even been, like, practicing that much in, like, the real offense throughout this point. So, like, I mean, they were never preparing for, you know, really putting a lot of time and effort into, like, Bajan having to be the starter. Of course, Bajan prepares like he's the starter and they have contingency plans, but it wasn't like they were acting on those contingency plans until Justin Fields got hurt. And so... Let's make sure we're not expecting Tyson Bajant to be the savior this season. And let's just enjoy it for what it is. It should be fun. He could be something special. He could be just like a good backup. And if you can get a good backup as an undrafted free agent quarterback, that's great value for your team. Like, let's let's be happy with whatever positive we can get from Tyson Bajant because anything positive he does is already exceeding expectations. And anything negative that he does is basically expectations. You expect an undrafted quarterback to not be very good. So when he's not good... That's kind of what you expect. And when he is good, that's exceeding expectations and that's fun and that's exciting. So we can be excited about Tyson Bajant. Let's just make sure we're not expecting him to be exciting. That's the difference there. Get excited when he is exciting. Don't expect excitement or else you might be setting yourself up for a little bit more disappointment. You can be sure we'll break down Tyson Bajan's performance right here on the Lockdown Bears podcast. So make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's going to be the best way to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Thanks for making Lockdown Bears your first listen today. Coming back tomorrow, when we'll talk to your boy Q from Lockdown Raiders and from ESPN National Radio. So proud of that guy. For our Crossover Thursday podcast, he does Lockdown Raiders. We'll learn all about... Who's going to start at quarterback for the Raiders this week? Aiden O'Connell or Brian Hoyer and what's going on with them? They beat the Patriots. I think they've won two games in a row with the Raiders, I think, over there. So, you know, not not a pushover Raiders team as much as we might have thought a couple of weeks ago. We'll get the scoop from your boy Q on tomorrow's podcast and try and put together a game plan for a Bears victory on Friday. So come on back for those because, of course, you have to come on back for your next opportunity to bear down.